racing everywhere. Oh, who else? McDonald, Tim Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 130. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes sitting on each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is a very excited Grant, and with me is an equally two wins in a row excited Scotty. Hello, everyone. Uh, good to be back. We're the first time for a while. We're a bit split up today. That's why you're getting a, a slightly different audio from Grant today. We're doing it through Zoom. Uh, yep. So please excuse the the non stereo sound from from Grantus. Yes, um, but uh, look, what a fantastic uh, result uh, for the club! Uh, Twelve different goal kickers. Uh, we've seventy two points. Seventy two points. Uh, and look, before we start the show, right? Normally we go straight into players. We're lauding players. And do you know what occurred to me? This is my intro is all about truck at the moment because I think I I thought during the week I don't think I've given this guy enough credence to what is happening at this club. We've talked about oh Harry Jones and and Nick Cox and and great drafting and but all that's fine but you have to get the right system in place and the right blue collar messaging, the right consistency and you had to have a whole lot of players bought into your message. And that is an excellent segue into a question that we're going to ask our guest tonight, Scotty. Who's our guest tonight? Our guest tonight is the great Ronnie, Ronnie Lerner from the, the Age and footy, Footyology. Uh, a lot of people who are friends of the show would know him from a number of other shows that we've done with him. Uh, yep. he's, he's a Madison and man, so, but he's a really good uh uh, knowledgeable AFL man and good journalist. He's, he's forgotten more about the Essendon Footy Club than uh, we'll ever remember him and uh, him and our good mate Rowan Connolly um, absolutely put us to shame when it comes to statistics and the like. But yeah, we've got him on the show tonight, and I think you're right, Scotty. What we were sort of saying earlier, we could we could go through all the players and look. We will we will make mention um, during this podcast of. Just the a complete and utter stellar game that Darcy Parish put in again. Um, Zeret again, McGrath's just performing. Um, but I think tonight we're going to get the perspective of someone who sees a hell of a lot of football, mm-hmm. who really, it's his job to study football. And we'll ask him those key questions about how he thinks the, the playing list is progressing, um, how uh, the coaching panel's working, because you've got to remember, Gia's never worked with truck and Carousella's um, never worked with Gia and all of the above. So it's going to be a great, I think we will, we will talk about individual performances, but I think this is going to be a good opportunity tonight to ask Ronnie about how he sees the club progressing because I had a chat with um, some people on Facebook today and um, one of the guys said, uh, which I shan't repeat his name, um, but one of the guys said he thought Dyson Heppel was in our bottom five players. Now, I'm not sure whether or not he got made a mistake there or it was a, um auto-correct on the iPhone or something. But there was one thing that I sort of thought is that at the moment, for a long time, I don't think we have a bottom five. No. Uh, do, you know, do you know what the, the, the funny thing I was about to – in my head I was like, I don't have a bottom five. And no, that was a That was a pretty comprehensive oh, – I felt only – maybe one or two probably didn't have as a game as they normally would. And, yeah. you know, probably Aaron Francis, I thought, was a little bit off. Yeah. Yeah. But, but boy, um, in all honesty, the whole team played pretty. pretty and that's, that's what I think I want to ask Ronnie. I want to get his opinion today on we've lost, we've lost a lot of games. They've yeah. only been by a small amount of margin. We've lost a lot of games. But why do I sit here and say that we don't have a bottom five? Like yes. across the board, everybody's performing. Everybody's doing a good job at what they're doing. And I think, and, I'm, and that's again, my Scotty and I've known each other for a while, is that I reckon it's got to come down to the confidence the players are getting 
in the week in week out game plan. So that's going to be one of my main questions to uh, to Ronnie is that why why the consistent performance out of Cox just apart from talent? Why is Waller all of a sudden in one season turned into an All Australian full forward? And that those a sort of questions, yeah, a consistent player now, yeah, a totally consistent footballer now. And look, as much as Waller's been like he's an utter legend, um, but. He's his turnaround from last season to this season, and I know last season was COVID and blah blah blah. But his entire career up until this point, it's chalk and cheese. Mm. He's without far and away the most dangerous and uh, small forward in this comp. Scotty mentioned that Toby Green goes okay, but yeah, pff, don't worry about that bloke. Um, Waller's the best in the comp at the moment, so yeah, it'd be very interesting to find out why Ronnie reckons that is. Yeah, that's it. I mean the. This was a, a such a pleasing performance in so many ways because, yeah, we were favourites going into the game. Um, I I was actually a little bit concerned. I, I remember last year the Crows had that kind of 10 loss and everyone thought was, they weren't going to win a game. Then they finally won a game and then the following week they were so confident they attacked it and they won again. They won two in a row. And I just remember that at the back of my mind. I went, well, okay, North finally breaking the shackles. They won against Hawthorne. Now they're playing us. Their towel, towels are going to be up. And I, in my head, I go, please, Essendon, just turn up in the first quarter, put, turn up as a professional unit, put instant pressure on them, uh, get your pressure going, and I reckon they could fump, they could just fall over. And do you know what? I, there's nothing that makes me more happier. That's exactly what we did. It Things was like that. Teams yeah. like that, mate, they just they have to work on adrenaline. If they've got, if they haven't got the horse, the cattle on the park, so to speak, and maybe they're down on some talent and all that sort of stuff, they have to work on momentum and they all get fired up. So you're 100 percent correct. If it, if you let a team like that get some momentum, they start to believe and look out. Players start playing above their um their pay grade. Um, but if you if you take a side like North, who are no good, and you snuff out in the first 15 minutes, any idea that they might think that they're good, then teams like that will fold straight back into the old ways and realize that, no, in fact, they're not good. They don't have the cattle on the park um, and we produce a 72-point win. So, again, I know Scotty's – Scotty, if you could see Scotty's face right now, he's a very happy boy <laughs> because that level of professionalism to come in, put a foot on the throat of a bad team and do not let it off – um, we won't worry about that third quarter. That was nothing. Um, but put your foot on their throat and then just win by 72 points. It's not going to be on Truck's best wins of the season, but it's going to be on his, you did what you're supposed to do. You came in, you performed like um, professionals and you left. Yeah, well, the, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of things to be said. Obviously, you know, not since the shooty area have we actually won two games over 70 points. Yeah, in in a, in a year, let alone first ten rounds, but th- that third quarter, right? Even that, to an extent, was something that the club can be very positive about. Because what had happened, right? Third quarter, North Melbourne go to half time. We're dominant, right? We're just running the balls in li- in, in lines. We're lowering our eyes. North Melbourne switch up their game plan completely. They they drop. So they drop an eight-man defense. They have a spare man back to cover that. Uh, and so what happened is for probably 20 minutes, they changed their actual defensive structure as walls as well. So for 20 minutes, we just went, oh, okay, uh, where we normally ran and where we normally thought we, we could do it, we just couldn't. There was a North Melbourne guy there, and and we just didn't handle it. And and it was interesting. Josh Marnie was talking about, you know, at three-quarter time, they – they, they just openly talked about that and said, okay, North changed the whole tactic. They've got a spare man back. What it, this is what we're going to do. How are you going to methodically going to get an open shot on goal now? And so he said Josh Marnie was just talking about how pleased the coaching group were that the leaders, you know, merit and that recognize it. Okay, we've got to address it. And then they kicked seven goals in the last quarter. Yeah. And, to, and, to, and that's, you know, that is a major little win because that didn't happen against Hawthorne nine weeks ago. No, true. Yeah. Uh, where Hawthorne changed their style and said, okay, we're going to change our approach. Um, and we couldn't combat it. We just yeah, – and we were young sides, well, we so fine. Think. But, yeah, we didn't, we didn't think. Yeah, we didn't think through the game. Yeah. Now we're learning. 
and we're we're learning fast, and that's you know they're which tells you they're a very motivated group and a very coachable group at the moment. So, I you know to me that seventy two point win was so pleasing in so many ways. Uh, it was you mean you mean you got Jones kicking three, Wright kicking three. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go on it because it's always a running joke, but <laughs> I mean. I actually, you know, I'll be very honest. I actually tested, texted Dodoro. Um, uh, Did you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you say hi from me, the dirty big legend that he is? And uh, and uh, I just said, you know, how happy are you, my man? Because, because you know, Jones kicks three, Wright kicks three. You know, Nicky Hine has his shot and goal. Perkins kicks one from the boundary line. You know, um, everything that he touched in the offseason was like <laughs> gold, you know, in that game. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was kind of um, – uh, and I just showed him, by the way, uh, uh, Davey's uh, goal. <laughs> I said, oh, by the way, we've got a Davey Oh, dude, trust up. me, he saw that before you did. <laughs> I can assure you of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, Davey's son kicked four goals, by the way, Jaden Davey. So he, he looks really good. Um, and what is he, like 16 or something? Yeah, he's in. He's not this year's draft, but the next. Uh, he, oh. So, um, yeah, so – but there was so much positivity. There were so many players mentally switched on. And, you know, by the way – at the kicking efficiency, so not oh, it was outrageous. So we actually now uh, that game was the highest kicking efficiency by any club in any game this year, which was eighty percent of just kicking. So not handballing, which is normally kicking, was eighty percent efficiency Damn. by the whole squad. I mean, it was so, but they were so mentally on song from the minute the ball bounced. I mean, the minute the ball bounced. Parish just bang, handled a merit, bang. And clean and, as you yeah, like. Yeah. Hands were clean. Hooker marks and hands. goals. And, and, and so it's, it is, yeah, it was, you know, a massive challenge obviously coming up this week, traveling to Perth. For before, the fifth, we, before we hit the Perth, right? Yeah. Can you think of, I mean, and I know we, we, we can talk this game up because 72 points is great um, and beaten North is great. What what would be one of the areas that you thought, oh, we could have done better there? Or is it is it Francis? Like that defense? Our defense looks good, but sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, the uh, there's. I mean, normally I would say turnovers is our biggest weakness. Our, our yeah. and but it was definitely wasn't this game. But uh, but we our for me the other key area which Trucker no doubt is working on. Is the high ball coming in too deep into the opposition and, and forward mate, line? We that look a bit make lost. Much sense. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense to me because we got Francis, who in the air is as good as anybody jumping up for a ball, right? Like if he's either going to mm. volleyball spike it into next Thursday or he's going to take the mark. He just ran, um, up, ran up and, and stopped you, sometimes, didn't he? I know Jimmy Stewart gets up there and he's able to punch, and we've got the tools. Ridley's just a freak human being, so he doesn't make any mistakes. Yes. But and, um, La- and Laverde you know, too at the moment, I'm, and Laverde for that matter, who's gonna be top five Crichton. But anyway, um, I've just noticed that, and, and the one of the ones that I would have thought we would have had like trouble with in the back line is because, again, we're looking for that small defender, that sort of Ned Cahill, but didn't work out so far. But Aaron Francis has been playing small; he's been playing tall. I would have thought we would have had trouble with the likes of of bets and that, and we do when the ball comes in low, right? Because we've got big blokes who it's a long, it's a lot further for them to bend over with. But when it comes in high and fast, I would have thought the likes of Francis and, and Stewart and all those guys would just eat it for breakfast. Like they'd just pound the hell out of it or take the mark. And we have quite a lot of the time, but there's been times um and Aaron sort of missed a few. That when he's punched it, he's tried to spike it um, into Christmas Eve, and uh, he's totally missed the ball. The amount of times I've seen a ball come over the back yeah, of a pack that, it has, and not yeah. be killed by our by our defenders is a little bit much for my liking. So I don't know, man. If there's ever if there was something out of that game where you go, mm, still some improvement to go there. I just think killing the ball, whatever that means, and it doesn't mean volleyball spiking it into Mars, um, but just sort of getting your hand on it and and 
killing the contest, I think could, we could improve on. Yeah, like I feel like I have full trust in, like you said, with Ridley and Laverde when it comes their way. But I feel like the Stuart Francis still, whether it's communication, there was a few times where they both looked at each other yeah. uh, with a North Melbourne mark, like you were meant to go for it, you were meant to go for it. And that, look, in fairness, truck every, I think every post-match, he's made a very big effort to say this is a new group. And as yes. as a key defender, you can feel like, no, I really do understand it takes a while for uh, a new, a whole new back six to develop and get their communication right, when to go, when not to go. And he he no doubt, he said they're improving. And and Laverde after the match, there's an there's a interview uh, by the club with Laverde. And Laverde actually... Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, and Laverde, that was interesting hearing saying, look, Truck is personally taking a session with us. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and actually... On the craft. Yeah, on the craft and manually going through with us what to do, how to... And, and Truck, so you sense Truck sees exactly what we're seeing, but all those guys, you know, are 25, 26 and under. So he's saying, I need this group. This is my five yeah. to six year group. I think they're all athletically gifted to do it. Yep. He's just now in development mode. And and like he said, this is game 10 for this group. This is not game 40. And how many for Jimmy Stewart? What, four? Yeah, when he's he's obviously been, he missed most of them. So, uh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's... I'm not, you know, I know Stuart cops a lot of slack on social media. I'm not, I'm nowhere near there yet. But Neither am I, mate. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm like 18 months and I'll see what, where he's at. Cause there's a lot of development and, and we may find out actually now they're totally in sync now. And they're, you know. I genuinely want people to, to stop. And, and even with the conversation with them, um, I forget whom I had on, um, on the Facebook page um, about, um, Dyson playing down back and he's not in our, he's in our bottom five and stuff. Um, guys, Jimmy Stewart's played four games as a defender, like four games. And again, I'm, I'm probably being too harsh for my own self. Um, he's played four games as a defender and he's played the majority of his life as a forward. And now we're asking him to go down there and play as a defender, which he doesn't completely understand how to do. And then he also has to sink really perfectly with Ridley and Francis and Laverde and all those guys. So I think maybe I'll just check my own little self there with regards to um, the performance of the back line coming in because, mate, Jimmy's only played four games down there. He's a big, strong unit, and I can see why they want to chuck him down there. We've got forwards now. We've got um, uh, Harry down there doing a job. Hooksy's down there extending his career and almost leading the Coleman. Um, so Jimmy down back is great. He's a perfect replacement for Bear. Um, we obviously we want Bear back at the club playing, mate. But in the meantime, um, Jimmy can be down there and could be a long term replacement for Bear. So look, mate, I I potentially will uh, will check my own little self here. And yeah, just it's, say, it's it's a work it's in progress. Long way. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a work in progress. Uh, look, Ronnie Lerner is just about to actually call through in the next thirty seconds. Ooh, so I'm going to go to break. Okay, but uh, just quickly. Uh, they're going to get really tested with Kennedy and Darling this week. So, oh, yeah, yeah. So, this is, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, the, the, you might, I track's going to have a big <laughs> two hour session, I think, with them this yeah. week. Because if they yeah, can, if well, they can handle well, that, then they're going to know they're alive. Um, Jimmy Stewart and Francis are going to know they're alive next week. But, um, Mar, yeah. again, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to them learning. All right. So, look, speaking of learning, yes. <laughs> Ronnie Lerner. Ronnie. <laughs> well, we're going to have Ronnie after the break. I always play his favourite band Metallica as, as, as a lead up to Ronnie. So we'll have Ronnie after the break. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now, um, it is our, our distinct pleasure to have uh, Mr. Ronnie Lerner on the pod again. We love having Ronnie on. Um, g'day, Ronnie. Thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, it's a pleasure. Good to be back, boys. How are we all? Yeah. Mate, we are very well. We're doing very, very well. Uh, look, uh, Ronnie, uh, obviously we've done quite a few shows and most of them have been us 
you know, miserable. <laughs> but but do I sense even even with yourself? Do I sense that uh, not that you're a miserable person? I realise how that just sounded. <laughs> no, no, you're actually spot on. I'm quite miserable. <laughs> but we're we're Essendon fans, so we've been through a lot. Um, but do I, I want to get your perspective, and and I want to. You know, this is a long-winded question, sorry, but and you can just talk for five minutes if you want, go for it. But pre-season, right, uh, we're all a bit sceptical. Brasher has his big statements. Truck says, you know, we're going to invest in youth. We're going to be blue-collar. We're going to be – we're going to go for consistency. We're going to change this culture. We're going to be all aligned, all the players going to be – we're going to buy into this stuff and – and I'm just wondering your thoughts because from my point of view, it's almost a tick, tick, tick <laughs> to my surprise in some ways. No, I um, I think yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there. There was obviously, obviously 2020 ended um, in just, you know, disastrous fashion for the Bombers. Let, let's, let's not be around the bush. So probably, the club was probably, you know, at its lowest ebb since the saga, since the the drug saga in 2013, you know, yep. where was where was the club headed? You know, they just had this, really, at the time it was a, you know, a comical, really, a comical coaching handover process. You know, there was reports of mixed messages throughout last season from Walsh, and Rudden, who's really running the place. That stuff didn't um, go away. That, that, that sort of uh, persisted throughout the year. And, you know, uh, you know, a lot of fans were sort of, at the time, um, were really wondering, well, you know, is Rudden even the right guy? Because there really wasn't a thorough process. It was this cobbled together curability agreement, which kind of, you know, ended up with Rudden. You know, he was just the guy that was there that kind of he, he, to facilitate this, you know, <laughs> yeah. because cause let's be honest, the club was pretty, you know, uh, it might be a harsh word, but they were pretty spineless in the way that, you know, Warsaw probably was there a year too long, I would have thought. You know, I think let's go even further back. That game against the Bulldogs in 2019 when they kicked like 21 goals in a row, I think. I think that was the, you know, the, the writing was on the wall for yeah. Warsaw. Even, yeah, totally yeah, even though Essendon did make the finals that year, I mean, that was really late in the year and for a performance like that to occur. But we're going way back in history. So anyway, that's, um, so that was, uh, that, just, that was like the precursor to all this discontent amongst fans, even, oh, obviously amongst players, because, you know, yeah, Saad left you. I, I know, you know, people say it's money, money, but I think there's a bit more to it. I generally, don't think he was happy with the direction of the club. It was a real, I mean, I remember at the time that was a real kick in the teeth for the Bombers because he was only there for three years. He came to Essendon, you know, thinking that, you know, that was going to, this was, the, this was the wagon to hitch his ride to. And after only three years for him to walk out and, and on top of everything else, go to Carlton. But I mean, it doesn't, you know, it didn't get any, uh, doesn't get much worse for that. And this is at a time we all know Nick Hines has been absolutely sensational. But I'm just trying to build up the, Step by step. And then, obviously, Joe Danaher leaves, the favourite son of the club. Uh, Horacio Fantasia leaves. You know, Conor McKenna retires. Um, Bell Chambers retirement. There was a bit, a lot of, you know, heartburn over the way that, the way he didn't get that farewell game. Apparently, some of the senior players weren't happy about that. So, a lot, a lot, you know, what, what was it? Five and a half wins from 17 games after starting, was it four, four and one? So, yeah, a yeah. lot was, yeah, a lot was wrong with the club. Uh, there was, you know, a lot of questions about where the club was headed. You know, and and Rudden, you know, it was it was a pretty um a pretty hot preseason for you know officially a first year coach to walk into because there was a lot going on. And to his credit, to his immense credit, after ten weeks, you can sort of see you look back and the the, the seeds that he was sowing. You know, throughout the summer, we know. We, uh, you know, the, the word is throughout the club that he he really did draw a line in the sand, and and the inmates were no longer going to run the asylum anymore. And it was all, you know, all the sort of gently, gently with the players that were involved in the saga. No more. That's not going to happen anymore. Where, where, you know, the Essence now a proper football club where you know everything sort of comes in line, and just little things like um. I'm sure you saw those um, videos at the start of the year where you know all the legends were welcomed back. To, to connect with the, especially the young players. You know, apparently mm. some of these youngsters had no idea about the rich history of the club. Now, when I heard that, that's staggering. I mean, it should almost be, you know, obviously Collingwood isn't exactly a club that Essendon supporters will, will ever give much credit to or, or be admirable of. But 
apparently with Collingwood, um, they, they they have an indu- almost like an induction um, uh, program for their for their first year players and that sort of stuff to get an understanding of this place that they're walking into. Now that clearly was not the case at Essendon, and I think that that I think that um, uh, got uh, exacerbated by the fact that they moved from Windy Hill to Tullamarine. Marine. So you sort of you're not at the home, but you know the the spiritual home um, and and all that sort of stuff. And now. You know, little things. So, so you know, those champions come and reconnect with the players. They sort of now get they they have an understanding of, you know, the jumper, the history of the club, what they're playing for, what it means to play for Essendon, um, and you know, it's just little things like that. Um, you know, that are, I think of really uh, and putting up all those. I think it, 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 you may have seen as well throughout the club they've, they've like you know adorned the the walls with like pictures of famous players and. You know the achievements of the club, and I think just little things like that. It's I think, and that's all under Rudden. I think Rudden recognised, mm. you know, a real a real um, disconnect in that in that respect. So he's gone a long way out of his way to really try and unify the past and the present, and try and make the place feel a really big part of the greater picture. That is, you know, the hundred and hundred thirty odd year history of the club. So I think that was a good start, and and you can just see. Um, I, I mean, I, I feel. You know, and you mentioned the Brasher review, which was, you know, that led to some change as well because Josh Marnie came in, he replaced Dan Richardson. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that we're almost halfway through Ben Rudden's first year, and I think it's, it's, it's a lot more positive than it's negative. I think this is the most optimistic Essendon fans have probably felt about their team in a very long time. I'm, 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 I think. Yeah, geez. I mean, I know obviously Essendon got kicked out of the finals in 2013, but that team was was probably the best team Essendon's had since probably 2000. I think that actual team that was a really strong team. So, um, well, it was, I think this, it was interesting yeah. to hear James Hurd even say that to him this is the best list of the last 20 years right now. Well, that's, that, that's that, well, through. yeah, yeah, and and that, so that's more talking about the list in, in, in a, as a whole, isn't it? And, and I think. I think it's hard to argue, really, because I think Essendon's Essence a club that really hasn't um, hasn't really produced a whole batch, like at one hit of like really promising answers all at once in a very long time. I think the Lloyd you know, Lucas one, days, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's been a far cry from when you know Mercury, Mercedes, Heard, Lorenzo all, all <laughs> popped up on the scene at the same time. You know, that is, yep. so it, you know. Um, and I think I think now with this this current crop, with uh, you know Harry Jones just gets better every week, and Nick jo- and Nick Cox and Archie Perkins, and even you know Nick Bryan played one game, but that one game against Carlton in the ruck, I really think he showed a lot of promise in that one game, and uh, mm. and I think I think I think there's a lot to like about the bombs, and and, uh, and I've, I, more than more than just the youngsters, I think Nick Hines has been a sensational recruit. I think Peter Rice getting better every week. Uh, you mm. know, these are some really, and these two, these are, these are guys didn't really cost the club too much, you know, and I think, I think there's been some shrewd recruit. I mean, there's been a lot of, I mean, the, the, the team's undergone a lot of upheaval and a, lot, a big overhaul. So, so to sort of weather that, and really, I mean, let's be honest, Essendon should almost be seven and three this year. They've lost three games by a combined total of six points within their six losses. It could so easily be seven and three. So, yeah, mate, um, mate. Quick, quick question for you. Um, when we got a while back, and I forget which actual year it was, like 16 or whatever it was, 2016 um, or 17 or whatever, when we got Triple S, right? When Essendon was the perceived club of choice, what is it, destination of choice? We got Stringer, we pinched Shield, we got um, Smith and Saad and all these guys and everybody went up. Look, it looks like all of the players are going to the club that they think has a chance at the window, um, of the premiership, right? So I know from my point of view, I thought, well, this is great. We're getting good players to the club, means we're on the way up and and we're going right, right? We could be pushing for a window sometime soon. But then that hasn't worked, right? Sadi's gone, Razio's gone, Danaher's gone. We took a very significant hit to our chances um, of success, right? But then you, you could sort of understand if the club then 
I mean, it would struggle if to to replace Serrazio and struggle to replace Danaher and all and Sadi and those guys and and McKenna. But it just appears to me, and I'm wondering whether or not you'd agree. Have we dodged a bullet with regards to a sustained period of bad performances following those guys leaving by the big the biggest of big red fire engines that is Adrian Dodoro <laughs> getting the likes of Cox and Perkins and those guys and the impact that they're having already it just seems to me that we've dodged a bit of a bullet here and we're back on the track towards success much quicker than I thought we would be it's an interesting one isn't it because I mean I think I still think uh, I mean I think Adam Saad makes any team a, a better team I think it's I mean it's easy to say you know now that he's left, uh, it's easy for Essendon fans to say, "Ah, oh, you know, he wasn't that good anyway." But let's not be—he was top top three, top four in the BNF every year. He was at Essendon. Yeah, so, yeah. Listen, he was a very good player. I think I think he makes it, he would make any team a better team. Um, but having said that, um, I think the whole the whole thing with Danaher, Fantasia, and Saad leaving—I think more in more deeply. I think it was more a with them leaving. It almost gave Essendon the chance to say, "Okay, righto." All the speculation's done. It's dusted. We know they're going. It allowed Ben Rudden to really draw a line in the sand and say, okay, this is the path we're on. And we're going to go to the draft of pick eight, nine, ten, Cox, Perkins, Reed, bang, bang, bang. I mean, who could have, who could have foreseen, you know, it, just because you've got top ten picks doesn't mean they're necessarily going to be good. You know, we, Essendon fans know that very well, unfortunately. Yeah. Scotty Gumbleton, I mean, that's, that's one of the great tragedies of the last 20 years for us. It's such a promising young guy just getting cut down by injury after injury. Yep. So there's no guarantee. And, it was, you know, to, to an extent it was, you know, uh, even though it was very much our best in the So there is a bit of a risk in banking on top 10 picks. But, I mean, for, for picks eight and nine, Cox and Perkins to not only have an impact, but in their first, in, in their first 10 games or Perkins' eight games, it already look like that they're going to be, they've hit the ground running and, geez, they look good. Uh, I think it's 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 um I guess propelled this whole feeling of relief and you know um you know a, a, a big a big sigh of relief that you know finally we can you know the club can exhale we we now know where we are we 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 now the club can say we now know where we are we know we know where we stand now without you know those three guys as good as they are they're they're not in the picture anymore we can now go down a, a defined path go down the youngsters path. And it's just it's just um, rejuvenated the whole joint, I, re- I reckon. And, and and there's a real phone effect because a lot of credit has to go to to Rudden about the way yep. um, it, it, he he's remodelled that back line completely. Like you know, who, who would have thought at the start of the year that Laverde and Stewart and you know, it, it, it was it was intimated that Heppel would go back there, but even still, he's you know played the vast majority of his career in the midfield. So then to go back and and you've got. Um, You've got you've got Mason Redden playing career best footy. His confidence is right back. You know, welcome yeah. back, Mason. Because the last Absolute couple of years, absolute gun. Well, the last couple of years, I, I think I could speak on behalf of a lot of Essendon supporters um, that they were pretty concerned about what, where's he, what, what's happened to him because he looked so so promising in his first year or two, and then and yeah. now he's back. His confidence is right back. Laverde's playing career best footy in defence. You know, I think a lot of uh, Essendon fans will have thought, well, his, his time's just about up. Either trade him or list him. But gee, you wouldn't do that now. And 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 I, I really, I would like to make um, special mention of Aaron Francis. I, I really think he's been a whipping boy, um, rightly or wrongly, for Essendon for probably the, the majority of his career. But I really think he's putting together his most consistent year of his career. And I, I think he's on the way to, you know, possibly realizing that potential that everyone thought. He had so that so that's so, that, so all of that comes under this. I think all of, there's a real there's a new lease of life now at the club, and I think mm. uh, under Brent, Brent uh, Ben Rudden's first year, I think that, that a lot of the credit has to go to him, and even even Darcy Parrish is playing career best week. There's a lot of guys in the team that's playing. You know, McDonald Tim Woody's right back to his best. Last year he was. You know, I know the hub affected different people differently, but he wasn't. He wasn't what what he was. This year, I mean, he's right back to his best. So yep. a lot of, I, I think you can see out on the field, and, and it's a flow and effect from what happened last year. I think there's just a, there's just a, a weight is off the shoulders. Everyone now knows definitively where the club's headed. You know, there's no, oh, geez, is Danaher going to be around? Is Star going to be No, that's all done now. Yeah. 
Yeah. So they all know where they're headed. I think there's a real. They're playing with that. They are playing with a freedom. You know, they're playing yeah. with that. I think you can see it's permeating throughout the team, and they've all got smiles on their faces. They're, they're, they're enjoying, enjoying each their other. Footy. Yeah. They're yeah. enjoying each other. That's exactly right. I think they're enjoying themselves out there. So and one I, thing. I think, yeah. One thing, uh, Ronnie, I've noticed, and I, I want to get your thoughts on this. Historically, uh, and this is a massive. This is probably one of my biggest compliments to Truck and Carousella and the whole group, Gia. Traditionally, you know, we, Essendon could be, you know, start the year five and two, right? But for some reason, we have a percentage of like 89% <laughs> because, <laughs> because a lot of our goals have been from X-Factor plays. Might be a stringer just pulling something out of nothing or a waller. It hasn't been by design or a system of, of you know, scoring at bulk. Um, mm. And so for me... To be four and six, but the percentage being 105%. And I remember Ross Lyon on Classified, which I'm sorry to admit, I did watch the show. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, Scotty. Uh, but he did make an interesting point that he actually gauged a lot of his, uh, how a team's going by their percentage. He felt like it was a really good barometer about how their system's going. Uh, mm. and, and I thought just for us to be 105%, uh, I, think, I think it's like the seventh best in the AFL. Um, it, it speaks of, uh, for the first time in such a long time, an actual system that we're seeing. Like we're actually, you know, and the amount of times we kicked and lowered our eyes that this, even just this past current mm. North Melbourne game, like mm. I can't, I can't remember us doing anything like that. It would simply be 50 meter kicks and hope for the best. <laughs> Uh, and if Waller's there, then try and market Waller. Uh, <laughs> and that's what it was. It was, but we've yeah. got, we got Jones leading up to the ball. We've got Hooker leading up to the ball. They're spreading. They're separating. They're, you know, the midfielders are, are spreading. They're creating opportunities to bring it in inside, to open up opportunities. It's just a better system now that's generating so much more scoring. When preseason, you know, for us to be the second highest scoring team, preseason – for me, I did a show saying clearly our weakness is going to be scoring this year, and it's the complete opposite because all we needed, because all we needed was an actual system to develop, which is probably not a, a big tick to the previous coach, if I'm being blunt, but it's a massive tick to truck. Yeah, no, fair point indeed, and and um, and the beauty is now um, you mentioned that the, you know, the the players are lowering their eyes a lot more, which is 100 percent true. But the beauty is now. I, I, as you also mentioned that, you know, how quite often the players bombed long and how often did we see it was just only Tipper was in the, in the, in the fourth and that was it. I mean, it was one of the most frustrating aspects of watching Essence for many years and going back to Alvin Davey, how often Alvin did that happen? Davey, yes. You know, I mean, it's been happening oh, for a long time. But this year, this year they can actually bomb long if they want to. Uh, they can they can actually they've got the choice now and they can bomb on and now with you know Hooker Wright Jones they've actually got stay at home big guys who can actually clunk a big mark and it's yep. it's a big that, that that's also a massive change and I think this year um a few things about the the uh, Essendon's attack I think so so this year Essendon has kicked six first quarter goals three times inside the first ten rounds of the season for the first time since two thousand and four so that's a I think I mean that, that that that's a pretty stark um, stat, and also so they so they scored one forty three uh, against St Kilda. They scored one forty one against North. I think that's the two biggest scores since twenty thirteen, um, and that's inside you know in in the space of a, you know, a couple of months, and and the the biggest win, um, which was early this year, obviously against St Kilda as well, seventy eight points. That was their biggest. Essen's biggest win in seven years, and you know seventy-two points yesterday. So these are, I mean, these are historic sort of <laughs> historic sort of numbers, and all coming in in, the, in in a half a season. Haven't even gone half a season yet. So it's been a dramatic. There has been a dramatic change, and there's a lot of connectivity, a lot of fluidity um, that's going on, and how easily. And I know Essen fell over the line against three, but geez, how easily it could have been seven and three, or at least six and four. If you want to go back the other way with three. Or Essen could could so easily be six and four. So, um, Mate, no, there's a lot to like about uh, the way they're going about it. Mate, question from a journo's point of view: um, new administration with regards to um, Essendon off field. Um, Josh Marnie, the footy manager, 
Um, we've got a new head coach. We've got new assistant coaches. Um, they're under a lot of pressure. From a journo's point of view, how do you find dealing with Essendon off field? Like, I mean, I could we could probably be sort of a bit of a Dorothy Dixie here and say, oh, no, truck's fine, and you probably don't need to piss him off. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> how do you find them? Like, do they... Are they very giving of their time or are they very much just sort of they do what they need to and they move on? Well, actually, I, to be honest, I haven't had that much to do with the, the SM Fui Club this year just as a matter of just um, my work schedule. It just hasn't, it just has, it's just fallen that way. So I haven't had that much to do with the, the Bombers. But um, the, 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 the few times that I have um, you know, dealt with them, but yeah, they've been fine. Like, um, uh, the I've done a, a, a few pieces. One of them was for uh, Ron Connolly's website, Pretty sort of just previewing, um, you know, some of the sort of uh, up-and-coming youngsters here the preseason. They were fine with that. And and in my dealings with, I've, I've obviously spoken to Ben Rudden quite a few times this year at his press conferences. And you know, he's, he's, if you're looking for the most exciting press conference, he probably <laughs> probably not the right the, the right guy. But you know, he's a very he's very measured, very very, um, you can sort of tell he's very, he knows his stuff and he's very methodical. He's sort of, he has it all in his head how, how how he wants the team to play. It's just a matter of going out and doing it. So he's very process-driven, uh, Ben Rudden. And, um, yeah, but in terms of dealing with, in the limited, um, the limited opportunities I have dealt with Essendon this year, yeah, no, no drums at all. Mate, and the reason why I ask that is that we, I mean, we spoke to him on the pod and nice bloke. I mean, just, just a genuine nice bloke, very professional. Um, I asked the question because I wonder whether or not that kind of, um, he, he seems to me to be calmly confident, calmly confident in his ability to coach and obviously the guys around him. Um, and I wonder whether or not that is transferring to the playing list. I think yeah, I th- yeah. No, I, th- I think you know, yeah, like we, like we touched on earlier. I think this whole um, don't have like uh, off the top of my head. I counted about five or six players who who not only uh, their their conference is right back, but they're arguably playing career, all playing career best three this year, and it's all under Rudden. So I think I don't think there's a coincidence. I think a lot of credit has to go to Rudden. You know, uh, we're only I know we're obviously only ten weeks into the season, but like I said earlier, Redmond, Francis. Uh, Laverde, wow. Parrish, Parrish, yep, McDonald, Tipple, Moody. Uh, obviously, you know, Jones, but this is first year anyway, so you can't really say he's in career best form, but um, uh, it's his first year. But uh, he's flourishing, you know, these youngsters are flourishing under under Rudden. So there's there's a lot, I mean, uh, you know, you can't, you, you, you do have to give him, I think you have to give him quite a bit of credit. They also, maybe they didn't enjoy playing under Warsford in the last couple of years, you know, maybe that was part of it and they just needed a circuit breaker and they've got it and they they're back to their be- playing their best footy. So I think I think I think there's a lot a lot of clean air after at the end of last year, and the, um, you know, very much they were given lemons and they turned it into lemonade uh, so far. So Do, at, I think I, yeah. Out of curiosity, say in three or four weeks, Dylan Shield is available. Um, mm. Very interesting one because obviously the situation happened that Shield gets injured in round two. And they have to, they forced to bring Darcy Parrish on the ball. And now we all know what's happened. He's, uh, mm. he's just gone ballistic. Gone ballistic, basically. Yeah. Now, but then, you know, Dylan Shields on big money and he's a big high profile, high profile player. Uh, what, how do you see that? Do you, you know, I mean, I, I'm kind of of the bit of the ruthless thing and saying, well, sure, you've got to kind of win your position back in some ways. Uh, whether, mm. whether you're, whether you're, you're on the B. Kind of the you're on the B team uh, to replace the Merritt Parish setup, or or you're on a wing, or how how do you see that? No, I think Parish that's his position now. I think with um, Shield, I think obviously one of his biggest weapons is his pace. So I think you, it makes sense to put him maybe more in a more of an outside role. Yeah, like put him on a wing. I think that makes sense. Um, you know, obviously he can win his own contested ball. We know that, but I just think I think Parish clearly is a much better inside. Uh, midfield. I mean, yeah, another ten clearances on the weekend against a guy like Ben Cunnington. I mean, that's you know, not not to that way head to head, but in terms of like, you know, they're up against a midfield that features, you know, Cunnington, Simkin, who both like, you know, would just destroyed Hawthorne in the clearances last week, and to come out on top with with eleven clearances, I think that's a pretty uh, a bigger indicator than any that he's yeah, that's his role now. I think, and 
I think he'll, yeah, he could. I think he, he has the capability to cut up teams on the outside, you know, yeah, I with agree. his pace. He's, you know, so I think, I think that's probably um, the way they'll go. Um, it'd be, it'd be hard to, to dislodge Parish now. I mean, you know, it's not, a, and you know, it's not as if, Shield has been so incredibly, you know, damaging in that role anyway. You know, I think, you know, it might be a bit harsh, but I don't think he's lived up to full expectations since coming to Essendon. So to put someone in there who's just completely, uh, uh, you know, gone gone like a duck to water in that role. So I think it'd be hard yeah. to then put Shield back in then. Uh, yeah. So I think there's, there's definitely a role. Definitely for a role. Yeah, yeah. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That yeah, guy's yeah. a no, that guy's a Ferrari. You can't leave Ferraris in a garage, mate. Like, nah. yeah, that, that guy <laughs> needs to run. There'll be a spot for him. They'll, they'll, they'll make a spot for him. Yeah. No speaking of a speaking of a spot for him, um, everybody's just absolute surprise packet has been Nick Cox. Um, otherwise nicknamed the unicorn because players like that just don't exist. Um, at 200 centimetres, left foot, right foot, can jump, can mark, can kick goals, can do everything, right? Um, barring Jamara Hagen, because we haven't seen him and he does look like a bit of a freak, Scotty and I were sort of saying, if you had to pick the top five players again, I'm having Nick, and I know I'm biased, but I'm having Nick Cox. Now, fifth or fight or whatever his name is at Adelaide, fifth or fifth or fifth, um, he, he goes okay apparently. The big lift. And, and Luke, what's his what's his? Will hack? Phillips is not really travelling as well as no, 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 no. What's the other key position hack that's running uh, McDonald? around somewhere? <laughs> yeah, McDonald. Um, yeah, they go. Okay-ish. Yeah, you are biased just by that language. Yeah, no, just look. They, they they wear wrong jumpers, man. They all wear the wrong jumper. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm just I'm wondering your thoughts. I mean, when we picked up Nick Cox, there's been what seven players that were picked up before him. Um. Could we have realistically expected this kid to be this good, this fast? And where do you see his trajectory considering he's played, what, I don't know, 10 games of footy or something like that, and he looks like he's played 75? Well, to answer your first question, there's no way any Essendon supporter would expect any of their top 10 picks to, to dominate the way Nick Cox has done. They've been, they've been bidden too many times. Uh, yep. that, is that, that is true. That is true. To think that's going to happen. This kid is just something else. Uh, I mean, I, I think you know there are there there are very very few and far between these these kids who, especially Essendon, who hit the ground running like like he has, and you just think to yourself, wow, instantly this kid. Uh, I can think of you know Mark McCurry. You knew where you were. You, you knew where you were that day when you saw McCurry for the first time. Oh, geez, we've got a live one here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah you know, I do oh, that and. Too. Uh, yeah, Matthew Lloyd, Scotty Lucas, these kind of guys. You know, we, you remember where you were. I thought, geez, we have a live one here. And mm. Nick Cox, boy, oh, boy. This, I mean, this kid could be absolutely anything. It's just, it's so exciting. I mean, I, I've never, like, like you, I mean, I've never seen a, oh, very rarely ever, I can't remember a player, but the attributes you listed, just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's quite remarkable. The things that he's doing in his first 10 games, Left foot, right foot. Some of the goals he's kicking, like he's just—he's just got this supreme confidence as well. He just—he just like nothing flusters him. And nothing phases him. Is it? Nothing phases him. Nothing flusters him. And in terms of redoing the draft, I mean, Errol Golden's looking pretty good for the Swans. Um, but right now, I mean, right now, based on what what the players have been producing, you'd have to put Cox at number one. And looking towards the future, you know, Hugo Hagen might. Yeah, I mean, you'd expect him to to get to get there. So it might be a, you know, and Philthorpe Philthorpe looks looks very very good for Adelaide as well. Um, as does Braden Campbell for the Swans. But Nick Cox, I mean, he's right up there. He's right up there in the conversation in terms of future. But in terms of what's been produced so far, I, I think you know it'd be hard to go past Nick Cox as the revised number one. I know we're very early into this class of twenty twenty, so. It's, it's, it's probably a little... And even Denver Granger Barras for Hawthorne is a massive raps on him as a key defender. So, but he's got, as you say, he's, he's, he's the, the Christophs Porzingis of the AFL, isn't he? The unicorn. Oh, the NBA, excellent, you know. excellent just, NBA reference there. Let's just hope he doesn't have the same injury worries. That's the one no, I was just about to say. Uh, if he could spend yeah, yeah, more yeah. time on the court, that'd be yeah, great. Yeah, that's That's the one thing I'll say. But in terms of just this freakish set of attributes he's got, he is one, he's one out of the box. 
and finally, Essendon fans are saying, finally, he's wearing Essendon clothes. Because yeah, how many, yes. how, how many young freaks have Essendon fans looked at other clubs and said, "Why can't, why can't he be wearing an Essendon jumper?" And finally, think, he's wearing, he's yeah. wearing an Essendon jumper. Finally, <laughs> uh, and I, and I will say, because uh, I've obviously people who know me goes to, a, I go to a lot of preseason training. I will say that I still will tell people, and I know Mark Harvey thinks the same that Zach Reed is a serious player. I know he's skinny and he hasn't no one's hardly seen him yet because he all he did was play a downpour game in Brisbane. That's basically all he's done. Um mm. but this kid is a serious talent. He is well, yeah. he is the closest thing to a Jordan Ridley at two hundred and three centimeters and it yeah. is and it is bizarre to watch. So, you know, it's it's there's some serious excitement uh at the club. But I, I I've got to let you go. Sorry, mate. I've probably gone way over time as usual with you. Um, <laughs> Always a pleasure. But uh, thank you so much. Uh, where can we Where can we reach you, mate? Because uh, you are you footyology. You're you're still there. I'm all, I'm, I'm all over the place, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a, <laughs> I know that, but I'm just wondering where you're yeah. working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, good one. Good one. <laughs> now I'm. Uh, you can find my stuff in the Herald Sun. You can find my stuff at the Age. You can find my stuff at Footyology. I uh, AAP, I do a monthly column for Independent Australia, so I'm pretty much just uh, a gun for hire at the moment, freelancing the hell out of it and uh, enjoying myself. So, yeah, 2021 has been a very different year, but uh, enjoying it. So there you go. There you go. And how, how does a, a show like us get a media pass for uh, that's in my, <laughs> we that, that would be hilarious. I'd love to see that. <laughs> Well, I think I think you, you may want to you might want to hit up Nadine Rabar on Twitter. That might be your first uh, point of call, and then see how you go from there. See if, how we go. if I see you in the, if I see you in the press box one day, I'll be very impressed. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no one else will be, but you Askins, will be. Askins, I'll be impressed. No, yeah, it was yeah. as a funny note. Was that you asking most of the questions with track after the game? Did I hear your voice? <laughs> it was a funny story. Uh, we uh, Shane Hope from AAP. He, he said to me. Ronnie, you can t- you can take over this one because you're probably the only guy in this that was working. So they got excited by that game. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, nice. take take over. I did. So. <laughs> no, no, we did well. You did well. Uh, yeah. All right, all right, mate. All the best, and we'd love to have you on uh, sometime soon again towards the end of the end of the season to, to get your thoughts, updated thoughts. Sounds good, mate. Looking forward to it. All right, all right. Well, thank you so much, Ronnie, and we'll catch everyone else after the break as we wrap up and talk about West Coast next week. Thanks, Ronnie. Off to no worries, boys. Here's some music for you, mate. And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. An absolute uh, legend is Ronnie Lerner. Um, we love having that bloke on the show. I think we can officially call him a friend of the show. Um, great insight. And again, he's very, he's all pumped up, the boy. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's all pumped up about the Dons. And it's it's really good to see because I, I kind of, I sit here and I, I we debate whether or not we've got a bottom five, which is just so foreign. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited about the club. I'm enthusiastic about the club. And it's good to see that someone like Ronnie, who who watches a lot of footy, he knows a lot about footy, he's as excited as we are um, about the trajectory of the Don. So, yeah, really, really great to have him on again. No, it's always good to have Ronnie on. Um, he's uh, he's good value and he's, uh, yeah, like you said, he's a friend of the show. We're, we're going to have him on uh, soon. We're... Well, I'll be doing some research trying to get a few more guests. So if for people who know how to reach us, uh, always feel free, by the way, to say, hey, we'd love to have this guy as a guest. It doesn't mean we're going to get them. It's not as easy yeah, as it sounds. Um. <laughs> um, but we we will then see if we can we can do a call out to that person and, and see if we can get them on. So we always love to hear your people's thoughts. And, 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 and while I'm talking about that, it's always good to get your feedback as well. What, you know, if there's things you like about the show, things we can improve, we'll, we'll, we're, we're big enough to cop it on the chin and no matter what. So, But Absolutely. at the moment, we're getting fantastic support, fantastic numbers so very much appreciated look just quickly two minutes west coast this week obviously a very very good team at home no doubt stacked forward line uh and that's where most of the you know that's where they most get their scores um you know their high-end talent is very high-end you got nat new nat newy in the middle yeah um so you you 
so you've obviously got yeah the the darling Kennedy. You've got uh, I th- I think their backline's one of the smartest backlines in the AFL, and yeah. and it may not be the biggest or the strongest, but it's actually very very experienced and smart. Yeah, yeah, Shannon Hearn and all those guys. Yeah, they're just they position exactly where to be. It was interesting. I watched their game against GWS, and they just constantly had an eight man defense. They just rely on having uh, defensive. Uh, yeah, yeah, defensive setups um, uh, across the board. Uh, so, like, th- that's one thing, you know, when that when we talked about the, the game uh, with St Kilda, uh, uh, sorry, no, the game with North Melbourne, sorry, uh, where at three-quarter time we addressed having the spare man back, it was actually fantastic preparation for the Eagles because the Eagles are going to do that to us. And yeah. historically, we've all seen us play the Eagles and just bomb it long and, and they just say, thank you so much for doing that. And, mate, it'll be a very interesting time for the West Coast Eagles as well when we come out and not do that. Yeah. and How are they going to have to structure now considering that we're more patient, that we're more precise, that we're more, we've got better separation of the forwards, we've got um, more precise, we've got a young kid running all over the shop, we've got a big old bugger in um, in Hooksy down there you've got to respect. We've got the two-metre Burke Streeter, Peter, two-metre Peter. Yeah, but that's it. We've got serious height this time too because before it was really Roz. It was, you know, Stringer was almost the tall one, uh, yeah. you know, because, you know, Danaha was injured. We had, you know, Fantasia, Stringer. Short, uh, yep. Snelling, Walla, you know, all very makeshift um, kind of forward line. Um, but now you've got three tools yourself, and they're going to have to respect them. So that's the Plus Walla. You'd, you'd want to chuck someone on old mate. He's doing really well. So, look, just to give everyone a heads up too, we're obviously – we know that the mid-season draft is coming up, right? So we yep. are going to have our good friend Ed Pascoe from AFL Draft Central on the show soon to discuss yeah. to, to discuss to the talk, mid-season um, draft. To talk the uh, mid-season draft, who we might be going after, who's uh, who's available – um, some options for us. He, the man, again, we love having blokes like um, Ronnie and uh, and Ed on the show because, and people like Rowan Connolly and the like on the show because they just know so much about their um, chosen vocation. Um, the uh, the Draft Central team put together an incredible website. If you haven't checked that out, go out and check that out at Draft Central on, on the net. Mm. The information on there is staggering it is brilliant so we'll have him on the show very soon to talk about yep. what's going to happen in the mid-season draft whether or not whom the dons are going to go after to maybe complement this up-and-coming team we've got yeah and look at you know the last time last play we got was will snelling so it's no yeah. <laughs> you know it's it's not just picking up you know loose change uh guys can have a real impact uh, if, if you get the right guy and and this is a very interesting one because it, obviously all the recruiters know that a lot of the kids, 18-year-olds, didn't play last year, but they might not be eligible for the draft anymore, but they yeah. missed a foot. Yeah, so there's there's guys that, you know, you know, like the Matt Guelphie story, you know, guys who come on and they're 19 and 20 years old um, and, and, they've, and they're a lot better footballers than they were at 17 kind of thing. So uh, you've got a very interesting field of names, and I think even in our, in, within our own VFL, uh, I think Atleaf and the VFL is going to nominate for the mid-season draft, I've yep. heard. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Nick O'Kearney is is discussed uh, as an option. Uh, so there's there's yeah there's plenty to you know we'll let that you to your big red fire engine. We'll let him do all the work and Rob Mate, Foster he'll be, he'll be out there just with his hose, just being <laughs> a big red fire engine. And I guarantee you he'll probably find a something as um, something good in that little uh, bag of gems that is the mid season draft. Yeah. So look, uh, big game against the Eagles. Uh, Saturday night, uh, so it's only a six-day break, but it's the same as West Coast. So, so West Coast played in Sydney, so teams are on equal Ooh, footing. Scott, if we pinch this one, mate, oh, if, we, if mate, if we beat the Eagles in the Perth, lid. then yeah, then it's it's really. We on. beat the Eagles in Perth, mate. <laughs> Two hands on the lid for me, and it's almost off. Yeah, well, none of this just cracking the lid. If we beat them over there, mate, that's seriously that's very very impressive. Yeah, it's, it looks like it's uh, at the moment it's ninety percent rain and thunderstorms forecast, so that would be interesting. So, oh, great! So I don't know. If, I don't know which one helps yet because of their tools. So um, up forward. So I'm trying to work out who does that actually <laughs> help. So, but both teams will have that in mind that if if that's the case where it's just actual thunderstorms the whole night, then it's 
uh, it's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, so, 100% agree. Anyway, that's us signing off. Thanks again for all your support as always. Massive uh, thanks to Ronnie Lerner again for coming on the pod. Um, absolutely love it when he comes on. Yeah, and look, uh, for people interested, uh, I know I get a few questions about this, um, about our Patreon site. We don't plug it that much because we don't want to feel like we're, you know, we're overselling something, but we hardly ever bring it up too so, on our main show. So, look, we do have a Patreon site, Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. You can just search on Google um, Patreon. Uh, it is just uh, as far as Australian dollars is $3.00. Uh, a month we do two extra shows a week and we just talk we have a team announcement show we have a initial reaction show on the odd occasion we do one-off special shows as well yeah. um so look it's it, we think it's good value anyway and, and people are really really enjoying it and the whole community's uh that we've got in our patreon group is really enjoying it so look you're always welcome to join up give it a trial you know for a month happy to yeah just check it out and i, I think you'll i think you'll like it um if you like the show, then uh, we just talk the same. If you like us banging on about the Essendon <laughs> Footy Club, um, like we do pretty much every day as we're sitting there eating lunch, then come on over to the Patreon site. It's really, it's great. We have um, we have cool things on the Patreon site like um, Zoom calls um, and stuff like that as well that we can uh, get done during the year as well. So um, we really enjoy. It. Come over and check us out on the Patreon. Um, but if not, it's uh, we'll be here every Monday after the after the game. Alrighty, well said. So thanks. You can catch us on SoundCloud, iTunes, all the all the popular things. You can catch us on Instagram, on YouTube channel, uh, lunch catch up on Twitter. So you can catch me on Scooter on Twitter. So and on Facebook. So send us anything you wanted to talk to us about or ask us anything. Feel free to. So that's us signing off for another week. A massive seventy-two point win is always a good podcast. It's so a happy Grant Austin Scotty. Yes. Uh, thank you, everyone, again. And this is us signing off. See you guys.